to the 11th Hour Podcast, a weekly podcast about Rancid. Uh, I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Mellencon from Tobacco Records. Uh, and each week, basically, we're going to pick a song from Rancid's catalog, and we're going to talk about it. So, um, yeah. there we go. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this week, we had, in our inaugural episode, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to start with Disorder and Disarray off of Outcome the Wolves. So Disorder and Disarray was, again, on Outcome the Wolves. Um, it was released August 22nd, 1995. It was also the B-side along with a song called That's Entertainment for Ruby Soho. It was written by Tim and Lars, surprise, surprise. Produced by Jerry Finn, who produced all of Outcome the Wolves. And um, that's basically it. Uh, <laughs> I had forgotten that... Um Andy Wallace did the mixing on this record, which makes a lot of sense for a record. Oh, yeah, I'd forgot about that, too. But it, I think that kind of fits into uh, a lot of the theme of the song. Yeah, so the reason I picked this song for the first song, and, um, it, you know, when you've got so many songs to pick from, it's really hard to come up with, like, what's the starting point. But um, I felt like it had to be from Outcome the Wolves because I – all things considered, like that's the rancid album in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> although at this point, I don't think it's my favorite. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. and it to me, it's got it's like this perfect example of what what makes Tim such an awesome songwriter and what makes like what Lars does really well. So you've got you know Tim always has these. They seem like simple kind of narratives, but they're really, I don't think they are that simple. He does this a lot where it's super engaging and no matter what he's singing about, which it's always basically his experience and his life, there's, it connects um, in a way that I think a lot of people can relate to it, even if they, you know, in this case, they can't relate to dealing with being accused of being a sellout. Um <laughs> Yeah, and, so that's that's kind of the background of this this song, right? It's it, it's a really interestingly self-aware song, right? Like, yeah, it's a song about the record that it's on, written before the record was out. You know, it's like it's such an interesting thing that it's like, right? Let me tell you about the stress we had signing this record. <laughs> well, and uh, um, and to me, and I, you know, if if I was better at this, I would have researched this, but. <laughs> Um, to me, like in Outcome the Wolves, like the title is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about. I, I mean, believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and it's and so it's, it's yeah. Everyone was accusing. I, you know, a little background for those who don't mm-hmm. know is after Let's Go, Rancid was courted by a bunch of major labels, and everyone was accusing them of being sellouts and like, um, kind of lightening their sound, like if they were, uh, or whatever. Um, and then of course they ultimately never signed with the major label, stayed on Epitaph and. But like this album is, it's still it's it's very much rancid. But it is their, well, actually no, it's not it's their, their like mid nineties crossover sort of thing. But I don't think because, I don't think it changed their path at all. They were like, this right. is where we were going anyways. Exactly. 
but they were so frustrated. And it's such a '90s thing, right? Like it's such a it's yeah. a good framing device for Rancid because nowadays I don't I couldn't care less about this idea. Like in a lot of ways, it's yes. so. It's using this huge language of crucify me, right? Like it's a, that's right. the main thing you remember from this song, even if you don't remember what it's about. You're like, this is all about. It's very like Nirvana esque, and yeah. And I think about how much people talk about. I never read it, but Kurt's notebooks, like, I, that's pretty gross to me. But like people talk about this kid was obsessed with cred, yeah, and, and like that's such like now a foreign thing. Like cred doesn't matter. Success. Like, like these aren't things that people think about, even if you are, you know, unless you are the biggest of the big, right. Right. And well, like, go ahead. Go well, ahead. No, it's funny. Cause like I was, I was thinking about this exact thing like this morning when I was in the shower and I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to talk about. And I was thinking about is selling out even a thing anymore. Yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, and like who cares? They deserve like people yes, want to get paid and people exactly. recognize that it people would, should be paid be, for this. It would be incredible now if they got, you know, like so a, a, a band of this quality and of the moment sort of they were in, like got on some big label. Like, like the the way you used to sell out was like, unless you were kind of like one hit wonder sell out where you with the Steve Albini sort of they're yeah. actually putting you in, in a mortgage, <laughs> you know, that's a problem. But like the way Ransom was going to sell out uh, would have been nice and deserved on some level. You know what I mean? Right. And, but mostly he... A thing we'll probably end up talking about is the conservatism of of Rancid. We've kind of talked about, I think this ends up being one of the theses of the shows, but you tell me, is like Rancid could have been one of the biggest American rock bands. Like you kind of brought that up when we were originally talking about this. But I think the conservatism and the sort of I just want to be with my friends element and I don't want to sell out is this extra layer almost made them like slide continually back towards these scenes that that didn't let them spread their wings as much as they maybe could have. You know, Tim wanted to. You know, you could tell over the next 10 years, right? Right. And, like, but for what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that he could still hang out with his, like, crew? Like, it's such a funny, myopic sort of view of the world. But it must have felt like the biggest thing in the world, too. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, for these guys, this must have been the most important decision they ever had to make in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's... Yeah, and I think um, it, it, well, and it's funny too when you think about all everything that came before it and all the um, they're selling all the all the BS, and mm-hmm. it still goes on to be their biggest and you know yeah it, best album. But I mean, it's every you know Ruby Soho def- and Time Time Bomb are the songs that exactly you know yeah, and it's like and it did show an interesting path of like you could stay on Epitaph and do that. Versus, like, the offspring yeah. path, right? You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, that's an interesting thing. And, you know, we'll talk about it. Like, like obviously, Life Won't Wait got the... This got them the budget for Life Won't Wait. And that was the most worldly and interesting. Like, they obviously traveled to record that. You know right. what I mean? Like, they got a lot of the benefits of, quote-unquote, selling out that just, hey, Epitaph is the biggest indie ever, basically. Right. And then, <laughs> and then we'll talk about it when we get to Indestructible, but... A thing I had completely forgotten about until I started diving back into Rancid was the big controversy of, in the end, Epitaph is Warner by the time you get to Indestructible. Right. And uh, and and all this is moot because the just the insane, right. you know, what, what we're seeing right now with, you know, Bandcamp and Epic, you know what I mean? Like, it's inescapable pull of capitalistic, like, like consolidation, yeah. you know, like... Like to think that like they actually have control over that, <laughs> right? Is right. is kind of a wild thing unto itself, you know. Like that they had a choice at all, 
where it's today even if you want to do Bandcamp, you're basically ten cent you know what i mean you're like right. huge corporations so yeah unless you're discord i mean you're pretty <laughs> not, yeah not, yeah not unless you're really the label not the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait a minute hold on <laughs> other discord but yeah um yeah and i don't know and so back to the song i just yeah mm-hmm. it, it it's it crystallizes all of that so well and 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 then again you know you've got these verses where it's tim's kind of gravelly you can half understand i don't know i think mm-hmm. i've i've I, I feel like i can understand everything most everything tim says better than most people because i have conversations with my wife where she thinks she's like what how do you get that out of what he just said i'm like no it's like she still thinks that junkie man is the name of the song is chokey bear so anyway <laughs> um, but then and then you know and so and it's kind of you know one of my central theses theses of rancid is that um like tim is the heart and lars is the head and Mm. so you know tim has all and and it and it can switch up sometimes but tim's always you know and especially if you watch live videos of them right lars carries the whole thing lars and i mean matt too yeah matt but Um, i'm i'm coming around to this this is my big like maturing thing of coming back to rancid it's like I'm having this big like we'll talk about it next week too like Lars being the central figure that I kind of always was like a, almost annoyed by even though best vo- like punk rock vocals right. ever, I think <laughs> yeah um perfect voice for the sort of gang anthem you know vocals but like but yeah like it, it is so true and I think this is a great example of when they work together is when you have the best of the best right like when mm-hmm. You get a little bit of Tim's like just showing up and screaming about what the fuck are you talking about, and then, <laughs> right. and then he he's holding it down in a way that like it, this song might be more of a mess in the way some of the you know some of the pure Tim songs are kind of these shambolic songs, but this one's very obviously them right they're talking yeah. about what they're feeling in that moment, and so yeah it's a it's a really nice kind of inspired pick in that way that it's like a it, this is a real down the line Tim and Lars song yeah but he's also kind of boosting tim like he even like big ups tim about like he was already paid like he was kind of talking to two tim in the like you know jokes on you tim's got it together he's already figured it out you know right it's kind of the the kicker of the song and like uh it's such a that's a funny little like kind of sidekick you know which is you know simplifying it but it's a funny little moment of like oh that's that's sweet you know like right yeah I always, you know, and I, I always wonder what their like friendship relationship is like, like outside, you know. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I always it's because you know for a while there, and 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 I always and I used to always think about this song when I mean Tim was kind of out in the woods, man. Like he was doing Tim Time Bomb, and he was, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, he still has the big beard, but it felt like Rancid was very much had was not a thing for a minute mm-hmm. um and so you know i always think about like just for once could i be ignored right like yeah. <laughs> um i mean i think there's you know there's a lot of other stuff that happened around that time that <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know i it's I, I when i hear this song and i think about their how they must view each other or their friendship with each other or their, what i don't even know maybe they're not friends because you don't have i, I mean i can't imagine being in a band with somebody who i'm not friends with but yeah people do it all the time um or, or if you're fleetwood mac you're in bands people you hate people but, you actively <laughs> hate yeah right? um 
but yeah, like so going back to what you said, where it's you know Lars is kind of giving Tim props, mm-hmm. and it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really it's I, like you. I always for me, Rancid was always a Tim Armstrong vehicle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in um, you know, in my later years here, it's I've, especially because I, I went through a period about a year ago where I was just watching a bunch of Rancid live videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's just that Lars carries the whole thing because Tim. I mean, Tim doesn't play guitar hardly I, at all. I, I, this is my yeah. We'll get into this, <laughs> yeah. like, but like I'm can I'm. Uh, I really want to know. Does like is his guitar plugged in? I know. Oh, I want to know that. <laughs> It and I don't mean be. that in a real no, way. Right. Like the, but the way he plays live is so not playing. Right. And it's like and he obviously can play. I've seen him really oh, play. Yeah. I mean if you and watch I love some, the, yeah. the Tim solos and everything, like I, I I think it just recently, like in this last couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I finally think I cracked the Lars versus Tim four note solo. You know what I mean? Like right. I think I I finally like probably wasn't giving Lars the credit of like who's doing the solo you know but but yes I think this is an interesting thing it's going to be for you're already there I think a little bit and for me too of like oh like this really is as much or more a Lars thing half the time and I because he's such a compelling figure especially to I think maybe to a young kid like younger teenage kid like Uh Tim is so enigmatic and weird you know that you're like and, and Lars is also kind of a little brother big brother to him always you know, i don't know what what the right dynamic is right call it, but you kind of gravitate back to tim always right and it's like and i worry that i think in my head i kind of built up you know how i say there's this conservatism to rancid that i think gets in their way right and i think in a lot of ways that's lars like lars kind of wants them to always be kind of this oi you know right like yeah. he he likes traditionalism in a lot of ways right and i think that that makes me worry about him like and, and get like i don't know if he's the right you know influence on tim you know like right. that's literally how i thought when i was like a 15 year old right right well because i mean and all you gotta do is look at the you know tim going out and doing stuff on his own i mean he did some pretty weird shit yeah um i mean i don't know if you've ever heard the tim time bomb cover of you're a mean one mr grinch yes but like <laughs> yes i can't imagine lars doing that right no, <laughs> no. um but but it, that i think that's why it works yeah. so what because right. you know you, it's um at least that's why it worked in the moments of like the best alchemy between the two of them, yes. which i would say are especially from a lars perspective is this record for sure this record is the most tim and lars on the same page yeah. i think there's ever been and then um life won't wait too i think yeah. this is an incredible lars record and it's we'll get into it but I'm, I'm more and more remembering that in a lot of ways my record not even my favorite record but my record is life on wait if that makes sense I, we'll, uh-huh. we'll talk about it but yeah. like like not favorite but like the record that is mine that isn't i came a little late to it you know what i mean it was like i was getting into him and outcome the wolves existed and it was sort of this godly thing that we were like right. oh my god i can't believe how good <laughs> it is and then i got way more deep into ranted later and it was like life won't wait and really that's, that's a that's a that's like the most um both of them firing and on all cylinders record you know absolutely and and like there is this period of good rancid that kind of peaks in that period and then there's like whatever the heck 2000 is we'll, we'll get to that right but like which might be like an anti-lars record in a funny way right but like when they're firing 
just like on this song, you know, to keep it somewhat framed around this song, like they they are better when they are together. You know what I mean? Like Tim's yeah. vocals sound great when Lars can come in on the chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when they trade verses back and forth, like Tim. Tim, you know, mumbling through a whole track is a whole other feeling than Tim mumbling and then Lars like punching you in the face, right? And coming back, at, swinging back into a chorus. You know what I mean? That is rancid right there. That that dynamic shift between a Tim, like exactly the the verse I want to talk about, which is the I can't tell if it's genius or the weirdest verse of all time. <laughs> when he's like talking about getting on the bus and he gets he gets so microscopic into a moment which is a thing tim definitely does and i yeah. like about him puts him in a different category where he's like you know he's got to get away so he gets on the bus he tries to hand the guy money says it ain't enough man and he's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> which to me again like is such a funny interjection and i so this is my question to you do you think that's about the fact that like people think i'm rich but i can't pay for a bus ride I, is that what we're supposed to get from that i don't know if i think it's literally that but i think it's a reference to that where it's like you know people think i'm rich and i'm selling out and but like i'm fucking barely making it you know um and, and which i think is an interesting a parallel to today with so many artists you see like these artists oh who God. are the the quote-unquote like big indie experimental artists and people th but they're scraping by i mean you see somebody who it's like oh they've been on pitchfork and got great reviews and they're on tour and then you actually talk to somebody and they're you know well shit i don't you know we're, well, that, we're making paycheck to paycheck or whatever basically exactly yeah like it's the thing of like on the day that like Mount Erie was like picked as like a best record of the year by New York Times. Yeah. They sold one thing at the distributor. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> like, like none of this translates to anything material. So stop like having this fantasy. So that's a really interesting, like, that's a really good call to bring that up. Cause it's like, that was probably kind of true in the moment for them where they're like, there's all this theoretical money around us, but like, I can't get on the bus yeah. to get away from it. I'll, you know, yeah. uh, but that's that's true of every like once you have that realization of like this is my favorite band in the world i booked them for something and then they show up and they're like hey man i need five bucks to like go get you know yeah get snacks. a coffee or something yeah, yeah. Coffee. And, I, and you're like of course man I'm like and and it's just that realization of none of this pays and even if you do get paid it's in these weird big chunks and it's not it's not right. consistent and so it's always this kind of fear-based have to be on tour have to be working yep. have to record the next thing even for the biggest of the big you know what i mean right. we're all very successful and i hope they're doing well and everything but like uh my, yeah i'm sure I'm sure it felt weird it also to me is the funniest thing in the world that that comes out of nowhere it's it's kind of like tim tim kind of stumbles into the song and is just telling you about his day right and then gets really mad retelling the story about the bus driver and it reminds me of that Simpsons quote where he's like, right. he's, he's sending a thing to Marge and he's like, he's like, they got these Jewy bristles here and then yeah. $5, get out of here. <laughs> like it feels exactly like that quote. I'll put that in the show notes. But like, it, it, 
it was so funny how much that feels exactly it, like it that. Is. And and yet it's phenomenal. I love it. It's like one of my favorite things is that he it like when you are listening to that song in the car and he gets the what the fuck are you talking about and it jumps back into the big And then Lars is Okay. Crucified. Okay, yeah. Anyways, back to the song. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's perfect. It's a great I, I really appreciate that you picked this one. And uh, and, and again I think that's also that goes back to my theory of, you know, Tim is the heart and Lars is the head because Tim yeah, comes yeah, in and is like, like oh, and Lars is like, okay, yeah, but we got to like keep the song. But we we got to finish, finish the song. The song. <laughs> I know you're really pissed about yeah. the bus driver. Thing, yeah, like, we'll talk about it after we. Get... <laughs> <laughs> but at the same, I mean, we make fun of it. But again, I think Tim is a thoughtful enough guy that he really right. was trying to make a point there. But it's so easy. He presents in such a funny way. Right. That it's so easy to, to go, hey, there's this like crazy man screaming about the bus at me, you know, in the middle of this song. And it's my favorite thing about Rancid is that yep. thing, right? Like, like, uh, so yeah. And, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm totally, I, yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, I think this is something we'll get into more as these episodes go on, but I think, um, I, I think a lot of people think of Tim as kind of a clown and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's really unfair. I mean, I think he is in some ways, like, but in a good way. I don't know. Clowns, maybe not the right word, but, um, yeah. I, I, I think there's these things that make him happy that he just yep. wants to do. I know. Yeah, he, and and it's like he puts. I think some of this goes to my thing of like I I like him more when he just does the things that make him happy, and less when it feels like he's like trying to show off for somebody or or um. Or present in a certain way, like where he kind yeah. of stretches himself, are my favorite moments of Tim for sure. So, uh, I feel like there's yeah. a, a like a lesson for everybody to be learned from that. Honestly, <laughs> like, so yeah. it's, it's um, especially like you think about them right now in this song. This is a good way to like maybe bring this together. Is like yeah. they were so probably strung, high strung about this, right? Yeah. Like, like, they were oh. thinking about this 24-7. Like, it must suck to be in that moment, right? Yeah. Suck and be awesome. You know, it's super exciting, but really scary. Um, you know, and Brett Gerowitz gets the rancid tattoo, and they're like, well, we have to stay on, on Epitaph. Right. Um, you know, like, they're they're so loyal and sweet and everything, but it must mean so much to them. And then you fast forward all these years later, and you're like, this nothing matters, man. Like, if you want to make a Sky record, go make a Sky record. If you want to, like, yeah. like go do the things that make you happy and have the career you want to have because a lot of this will be us going and then they did a bunch of things we don't like or we, maybe we learned to like or something but like I right. think in the end they're probably much happier with the way Rancid exists today than when it when it was like on the tip of everybody's tongue you know what I mean like I yep. think that probably wasn't actually that fun in that right. moment yeah I mean I, yeah the, and well and I think I mean Tim pretty clearly said just for once can I be ignored yeah yeah. you know I mean so um, yeah good one thanks for picking that one yeah well I think we can wrap that one up yeah like that um, so do you want to do you want to reveal next week's yeah song? let's get let's see if we can do this and this makes sense but um, so next week people can get ahead of us um, I have picked Blood Clot off of Life Won't Wait. All right. The intro track to Life Won't Wait. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, the gears are turning here. Yeah, so. exactly. I don't want to. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. 
Well, um, everybody, thanks for listening to our first episode. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Rancid Pod. And that's about all I got. So, everybody, have a good week. <laughs> See you, Sam. Later, man. <laughs>